We want to thank Next Level Marketing for being our opening sponsor on the podcast. If you have social media that you use for marketing, you need to check out Next Level Marketing and follow them on Facebook. You can also reach them at Gary Bontrager Consulting on our website, www.garybontrager.com. They will do a free audit for you and check out what your social media, how it's performing, what loopholes there are, and how you can tighten it up and be more effective with your marketing. They will help put strategies together to use organic growth to maximize the dollars that you do spend. We appreciate them being an associate sponsor with us on this Mindset Growth Podcast and enjoy what they do for us. This is a company that we work with and we endorse, and we don't take that lightly. My name is Gary Bontrager. I'm the host of Mindset Growth Podcast. I have Heather with me here, my co-producer today. Uh, We are very excited for our next guest. This is somebody that I don't know that I've ever met personally or in person, but I know some of her family, and I understand some of the things that they've gone through. And there's just so many inspiring things, Heather, when I see how You can take tragedy and sometimes it just breaks things apart and other times it just really builds and it pulls people together and they look for all the positives. And there's so many positive things that sometimes can come out of the difficult things that we are faced with in life from day to day. So without any more of an introduction, I am completely honored to have Karen Livesey Fitch on, if I said that right, if not, you can correct me. Yeah. But I'm just so honored to have you on uh, the Mindset Growth Podcast. And just the gist of the podcast is how we change our mindsets and how we, you know, to overcome and have maybe better results and how it helps shift us into a better place in life with how we think. So with that, tell us a little bit about how you grew up. Yeah. So um, I I don't know if you grew up in Kelowna or not, or that's just where where you live now, but um, I'm sure that the, the greater Kisakwa area is very similar um, to Kelowna. So yeah, there's uh, 7,000 people in our county, no stoplights. Uh, we got our first chain store, which was a Casey's when I was in high school, and that was a big deal. So, um, very, you know, very rural, um, you know, family is a big part. You know, what was a big part of my life growing up and still is to this day. Um, I, I grew up in the house that my dad grew up in, and I, my grandparents lived really close. I have uh, aunts and uncles that are close to. So that was a big part of it. And then we also um, live on a farm. And so, you know, being outside doing farm kid, you know, adventures and stuff like that was was a big part of my life. And, you know, that that continues to this day as well. Excellent. Did uh, So you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have an older brother and an older sister and then a younger sister. Okay. All right. And you are married. Right. And yep. have and you guys have your own farm now. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So in um the spring of twenty seventeen, which my husband and I were gonna get married in the fall of twenty seventeen. Um, it was actually just a few days after my grandfather had passed away and our neighbor who had been my neighbor our entire life um shows showed up at my parents' house and um that's where our office is for our for our Conklin business and I was there doing stuff and my dad was doing stuff and um, our neighbor just walked in and he is, I don't know, maybe 10 years older than my dad. And he just, he came in just sat down and he's like, well, I think I'm going to move to town. Do you want to buy the farm? And it just completely, you know, I kind of rubbernecked and I wasn't even looking at him when he was talking and I'm like, um, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. What do you want for it? And it was kind of one of those things where um, it, the the farm where he lived had been a century farm, never thought that he would sell it, never thought he would move to town. And, um, you know, he, he did. And it worked out that um, it, it's totally one of those one of those God things where um, the the down payment that we needed, I had exactly that amount in my bank account. And um, yeah, I mean, I was, I don't know, like 24 at the time and I had never had a loan for anything in my entire life. And so, you know, all of a sudden saying yes to a mortgage that was longer than I had been alive was kind of terrifying, (laughs) but also like, well, 
I've prayed for this. So now I guess, you know, now's the time to saddle up and go. So that that's a very cool story in and of itself. But yeah, I live um, like a mile and a half north of where I grew up. Oh, that's awesome. So we like to ask our our guests this often. um, Do you have a morning routine or maybe an evening routine? Yeah. So, I mean, our day to day, you know, post my spinal cord injury is um, very different than what it used to look like. But yeah, like our life is pretty routine now just because of like health things with me and um, medication and just other stuff like that. Um, So, you know, in the morning, it's, you know, get up, do do breakfast, do pills. Um, I'm big into personal growth, self-development, stuff like that. So usually listening to podcasts or audiobooks um, in the morning and then um, trying to get some work done and stuff like that. And then usually, um, I, so I work out with a physical therapist four days a week. So there's, some, you know, three, three to four days a week. So there's something going on with that usually. And then um, I do a lot of alternative care and stuff like that. And so it just kind of varies day to day on what appointments I have when and stuff like that. But yeah, our, our life's pretty routine these days. Well, that's not all bad. Sometimes uh, we're more productive when we are in routines and certain things will direct that. We've got a couple of questions we're going to ask you that are we did not send you. We call them rapid fire questions. They're just for fun. Right. Sometimes they generate conversation. So I'll start with the first one there. If you could teach any grade or subject, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, so my husband makes fun of me because I work for fun, but I also work for a hobby. Like, it's just what I like. I'm happiest when I'm working. And so probably like business classes would probably be the thing um, that I would enjoy the most that. And I just... I think entrepreneurship and small business in small towns is really important um, to keeping small towns vital and thriving. And I think a lot of kids, they're just not told like, hey, you could be an entrepreneur. You could you can make a lot of money working for yourself. Here's how you do it. And so I think if more kids had that tool in their tool belt, that small towns would be better off. So I think that would be my pick. I absolutely commend that um i i know the area that you're from kiyosakwa is a beautiful area i love it when the the leaves are changing to go down through there but um with our towns being as as small as they are in our communities our kids are going to bigger communities because they don't see the need within their own communities to, to my daughter is going to be 16 on mother's day and she's a sophomore so um she would love to be able to stay within her community, her class, her sophomore class. There are only 15 or 16 students total. So, and I think that's probably about the same in the high school of your area, maybe close. A little, a little bit bigger. We've combined with a couple other schools over the years. So I think that they're at about 50 um, in the graduating class, but yeah, still small. Yeah. 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 So to be able to, teach kids that and say it's okay to go out and, and open businesses within your community. That would be, that'd be great. But okay. Yeah. Um, do you have a, a pet now? Yeah. So I, I wouldn't say that I'm an animal person. Um, we have cows and I love cows. Yes. So that would be my, um, you know, if it can make money, I am especially a fan. So I like the cows, but yeah, we have a dog. Um, when, when I'm annoyed about it, I say that it's my husband's dog. But yeah, we have a dog. His name's Murphy. And um, we got him right after right after we got married. So my question to that is, my rapid fire was was actually, if your pet could talk, what would they say about you? Oh, I just... I that's a good question. Um I I don't know. Murphy is usually all about where the food is. So I would say probably something along the lines of why won't why won't she give me more treats or why won't she give me more snacks? Because if like if um like if you're cooking and we so we let him in the house just like there's a rug where he can be on because I 
not not a fan of letting them just walk around wherever because he's outside too and i'm kind of a germaphobe so but he can see you um from the rug like when you're cooking the way our house is set up and he's always like oh please please feed me you can just see it all on his face so my, my guess it would revolve around food yeah i think a lot of animals might say that yeah too. we're gonna get into some other things maybe a little bit more personal uh at some point but uh one question i have just for listeners that are listening to this uh, maybe share a little bit about your company and what the best thing is that they do and just my look, what like your company or like what you do for work you know what is it that and what is the best thing they do i mean it might a lot of people are going to know about conklin and some of that but yeah. if you could just share if you would give like a pitch on what that is yeah i mean i think that like so family is very important to us but um you know you have biological family that you're born with and then you have family that you kind of choose over the years and i just we you know we have a strong family culture and you know the the employees that have worked for us over the years on the farm and um, we usually have one you know one person and you know we're really really close with the people even after they move on like um there was a guy that worked on our farm that I went to school with, we went to school from kindergarten on. And, um, you know, he's kind of like another, another brother right. to me. And we, we still talk. He's actually who introduced Nick and I, um, that, that Nick's my husband. So, you know, he's to this day, one of my best friends and, you know, there's other people in, that have worked on the farm that we're still, you know, very close with that come to Thanksgiving or Christmas or, you know, whatever that would be. And I feel like, you know, on our Conklin team as well, um, you know, on the, the ag, we do more on the ag side of things and the roofing side, but with the ag side of things, you know, like Preston and Tyler, I don't know if oh, you're yeah. familiar with them or not, but you know, Chris Wilson, I don't know if you've met him, yes. but you know, a lot of those people that, you know, I talk to them on a weekly basis and, you know, it's more than just business or number right. or whatever it's, you know. How are you? How's your kid? How's your wife? How, you know, you know, what, you know, if something happened, you know, we're there for each other. And, right. you know, in the six months that I was in the hospital, there was obviously a lot of things that we would have never chosen any of that. But like, um, I had been in Iowa city from like the 9th of November to like mid January. And we, we left there and we went to Lincoln for a while. And, um, Preston and his wife came over and drove because we had like, so I flew and um, Nick flew with me, but we needed to get Nick's vehicle to Nebraska because he needed to be able to get, you know, from the hospital to where they were staying. And Preston and his wife came over, drove Nick's vehicle out there, helped us get our stuff there. Um, you know, like when I had surgery, one of the times I had surgery, I had multiple surgeries, Preston and Tyler came and were there with our family. Like, and I like even over the years, like I've had surgeries and Charles Herbster, the owner of Conklin, he came and was there and, um, you know, served and loved our family. And so I think just that family component, that's just who we are. We love on people. And, um, you know, growing up, there was there's always been people that, you know, my parents just helped them out and did did things for them. And that's just I knew no other way sort of a thing. And so I just think that, you know loving on people goes a long way and i i don't know if other people you know that have worked with us feel that same way but i think that a lot of them would probably comment on that um if you asked like you know what's what's something great about that like when we do lunch and stuff in the summertime we have a hay we do hay and we all eat together right. and so i think just that component's really important you know one thing that's interesting if people ask me about Conklin that don't know anything about it. One of the things that I notice right away, obviously, is that family component. But the other component is that I tell people that it's really a self-development company and they have some pretty good or really good products too. But, you know, they're yeah. really, they've really introduced a lot of people to what self-development is. And there's groups oh, yeah. of people that would never even attempt going into a conference or a seminar but through that channel, they are understanding, you know, this is what personal growth will do for me. 
and then it's just that bond of helping each other and serving others. So you've kind of alluded to it. Would you mind telling us a little bit about your story of your of the whole health process? I know it's kind of lengthy in that, but it's I think yeah. it's fair to share. And I know you had some issues even, you know, before your spinal injury. And as I recall, your father sharing some. So I guess start yeah. where you're yeah, comfortable so with. I guess how much how much time do you have? That, hey, we'll that's make the two, question. We'll make two episodes out of this if we need to. And then at the end, you you know, you yeah. can use it for your own promotional stuff too, as much as you want. So Yeah. So um when I was six, uh we were actually on a Conklin destination trip in Cancun. And um I was, you know, it's just it's crazy because I still remember it like it was yesterday. Um we were walking down down the street in Cancun after supper and um I was holding my older sister's hand and we were in front of my parents and um I was six and so she would have been like 13 and um my parents noticed that one of my knees was higher than the other one and I had a little bit of a limp and so when we got home we went um we had I, I was a really healthy little kid like I just I didn't get colds. I didn't, you know, we didn't get the flu. I, I would just, I was never sick. So we really didn't have like a primary care doctor because we didn't go to the doctor because we weren't sick. And so we got back and we just saw like a um, doctor that had like a little independent practice in Milton, which is a nothing burger town. Yeah. Um, and we went there and, you know, my parents were like, what, what's up? Like one of her knees is higher than the other one. And um, thank God he asked the right, he said, you're not asking the right question. It's not, you know, not, is her knee a different height? Yes, it is. The question is, why is it a different height? And that's what we need to figure out. And um, he referred us on to Iowa City, which is the closest, you know, major, major medical hospital around us. And um, that led to me getting an MRI a full body scan MRI where the, I was in there for three hours. Um, and as a six year old laying on a concrete block for three hours while the, you know, machine does the horrible noise. I don't know if you've ever had an MRI, but it sounds like you're, you know, in the middle of somebody trying to break up concrete. And so, um, you know, I laid there and we did that whole thing. And that's when we found out that um, I have an arteriovenous malformation um, and it, the thing, those are somewhat rare, like they're, they're fairly rare, but I, um, I'm an overachiever in all areas, including weirdness of health situations. And so the thing that's weird about my AVM is that, um, most people don't get them in or around their spinal cord. And mine was both inside and outside of my spinal cord from C2 to C5. So that's the top oh, of your neck, yeah. like right below my brainstem. And so I had several surgeries when I was little. Um, the biggest one, I, I had an open surgery where they like cut open um, my neck and they removed the part of the AVM that was outside of the spinal cord. But what was inside of the spinal cord um, ultimately is just too dangerous to go after. Um, little did I know how important your spinal cord was until three years ago. Um, but so I, you know, I had surgery, I did physical therapy for five years. Um, so from like, I, my open surgery when I was, when I was eight. So from like second grade to sixth grade, I did physical therapy, occupational therapy. Um, I had weird neurological things that happened, but if you don't know any better, you know, if you don't know any different, that's just life. Right. So, you know, some weird things that happened, like um, when I was in eighth grade, on the third day of school, I had had a great day. I came home and all of a sudden I just had a shooting pain going down my arm. Um, that led to me missing my entire eighth grade year of school. I had um, chronic pain, chronic migraines. Um, I gained like 75 pounds. Um, I was on a ton of med medication. No doctor ever figured. I mean, I saw every specialist in Iowa City that we could. And um, Judy Herbster actually um, over the summer, we were down in Kansas City for the Global Leadership Summit, and she said, hey, I've been seeing an acupuncturist, and I want you to go go and see her, and um, I, when you're desperate, you'll try anything, in my opinion, 
And so we did that and that this little lady that um, is from China originally barely speaks English. We explained the whole thing to her. She put one and I had basically lost all use of my right arm at that point. And um, she put one needle below my left knee and said, lift your arm. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I can't like, you know, I did the the chronic, like if someone can't understand you, I talked louder, like somehow that would help. It did, you know, it did not. She's like, no, right. You know, raise your arm. And so I go to raise my arm to show her that I can't. And my arm just goes right up. And um, over the course of seeing her, I got back to, you know, basically normal again. And so, you know, graduated high school on the top 10 of my class. I went to college. Um, I graduated early, you know, graduated with um, nearly a 4.0. Things went really well. I met my husband. Um, we got married and we got married in 2017. And then in 2018, I started having some problems again. And so I had a couple more surgeries. Um, then in 2019, in um, September of 2019, I had a like an exploratory angiogram where they went in, um, put a camera catheter in my wrist, went and looked at the AVM um, or the area in my neck where the AVM was and they said nope like we got because they told me in 2018 um that through through the surgery that they were able to embolize the abm and so they were able to shut off like put glue in and around um, the arteries that were feeding the abm and so they told us that it was gone in 2018 but it was like you know i'd lived my whole life that are always said you know you'll have this forever and so it was kind of like did they really like, did I understand them? Do they know what they're talking about? And in 2019, when I did the exploratory um, surgery there in September, they're like, yep, we got it. There's nothing there. Go live your life, you know, come back in five years. We'll look at it again, but you're good to go. And so, you know, we were over the moon. If a neurosurgeon tells you that there's nothing there, why wouldn't you believe them? And so, you know, life was going well. Our business was going really well. Um, we were about, you know, we had promoted our first director. So we were regional directors at that point. And um, that, that's kind of when the, the wheels fell off the bus. We found out um, that of the summer, um, like just a few weeks prior to when we found out that my EBM was gone, um, my grandma was diagnosed with cancer and she went undergo, underwent a procedure to remove that. My dad um, was diagnosed with um, heart failure. And um, then shortly after that, our director um, passed away in a car accident, um, a single car accident, which um, statistically speaking, it's like next and it's a very small percentage that somebody dies in a single car crash. So he passed away. And then um, Jelaine Damon, um, Danny Damon's wife, um, he was who used to do all of the pro eggs for Conklin. Uh, his wife was diagnosed with cancer. And then right after that, um, I I wake up paralyzed from the neck down and just completely out of nowhere. Um, that day, I had felt great. My sister was in a high school play. Um, we all, you know, we ate dinner together. I worked a 10 hour day, which I, you know, I love to work. So that was like, I loved that. And I hadn't been able to do that in a very long time. And so I'd worked very hard to gain back everything I'd lost um, over the previous year. And, um, you know, I when we were coming home from the play, I told my dad, I feel better than I felt in five years. Like, I'm so excited. This is great. And, you know, my husband and I watched a show. We went to bed. It was a Friday. You know, the next day we had a whole plan for what we were going to do. And I wake up at three o'clock in the morning and um, I just I don't feel quite right. And so I. Um, you know, said to my husband, I'm like, man, Nick, like, I don't, I wake him up. I'm like, I don't feel good. Something's weird. And then all of a sudden I got a stabbing pain in my shoulder that was, um, unlike anything I'd ever felt before. And I had, um, some prescribed pain medicine that they had given me after surgery. And I'm like, Nick, you, you know, I need you to go, you got to go get me something. So he gets up, he walks down the hallway. And before he comes back, I can't move anything from the neck down. And I'm just, you know, screaming like, Nick, get in here. I don't know what's wrong, what's going on. And so we did a variety of things. Um, you know, I call, called my mom, get my mom up here. We're trying to figure out what we can do because 
you know, like I can breathe fine. Mentally, I'm fine. I just can't move. And no, you know, no one is prepared to like, well, what do you do if you wake up paralyzed right. sort of a thing? And so um, we did a lot of prayer and a lot of um, we, we could do a whole episode on the things that we did. But I got better. And then I was just really tired. I was very weak still. I couldn't stand unassisted, but I was better. And so I'm like, I think just like if I can sleep, I'll be fine when I wake up. Because I've had bizarre, like this was the most drastic, bizarre thing that's ever happened to me. Um, But I've had weird things happen before. So I'm like, I'm just going to sleep. I'm going to wake up in the morning. This is all going to be fine. We're going to move on. Like, I'm just going to sleep for a little bit. And so I slept and I woke up in the morning and things were still not right. And so we went into the local hospital. I don't, we didn't even call the ambulance. Like I could not walk out of the house, but my uncle and his um, girlfriend and my husband, they carried me out of the house and loaded me up um, in a vehicle. And we went into the hospital and um, my mom called them on the way in there where there was just like some right. She's going to have to go to Iowa city, but we, we are not comfortable getting her there. You're going to have to do it. And so they did a CAT scan and um, I took a chopper to Iowa city and saw my neurosurgeon and my, the neurosurgeon that I had at the time, um, he was a part of the, he was a um, resident when I was a kid. So he was actually in on the surgeries that I had when I was six, seven, eight years old. So I've known this guy for the majority of my life. So we get there, he's there. We have a really good relationship and I'm like, Hey buddy, here we go again. Like one more time, but like, we've done it before. Let's do it again. And so, you know, I had surgery again um, and I was doing better. Things were going well. I could stand pivot. Um, You know, I was still weak. I needed therapy, but I was, I was doing okay. And so I went to a rehab hospital. I was there for three days and I had a bleed in my spinal cord. Um, And so I went back to Iowa city again, had another surgery. um, And that's kind of when our luck ran out. Um, after that surgery, I went into respiratory failure. Um, that's how I have the trach now. And, um, just, a a slew of things happened there where I ended, I was in the ICU. Um, you know, if you don't count the three days where I left, I was in ICU from the 9th of November until, um, January 1st. And so we were just, we were in the hospital for a long time. Um, I went to the rehab hospital a rehab hospital in Lincoln, had problems there again with my lungs, um, went to an acute care hospital there and was in ICU for another three weeks before I went on um, to a rehab hospital in Chicago. And I was there um, until, you know, then this li- little known thing called COVID hit mm. and, you know, things were already complicated. And then you throw, you know, I was used to, my family was with us the whole time because fortunately, you know, we had our Conklin business. And so, our business is wherever we are. And so my family was able to be with me, but we went from my family being there every day to only being able to have one person with me. Um, you know, they weren't even allowed to go to like therapy with me. They could just be in my room, stuff like that. And then finally, um, we thought that we were going to be and I was in Chicago. So that was an area that was hit pretty hard. And we thought that we were going to be there probably through May, you know, like the end of May and then in the, you know, mid April, my doctor came in and she was just like, Karen, this is a scary time. You're obviously extremely compromised because, you know, of your spinal cord injury. And then you add on top of that, the respiratory problems that you've had. The best thing I can do to keep you, you know, I want to keep you safe. And the best thing I can do to keep you safe is send you home. So go home, see no one, do, do nothing other than what you have to do medically and just whatever you do, don't get COVID. So we came home not having a clue, you know, my mom went to school to be a history teacher. Um, My dad has a business degree. My husband has an ag degree. We have no medical background at all. And so, you know, we went from being entrepreneurs and farmers to needing 24-hour medical care. And that was just terrifying. I mean, we knew nothing and we were scared to death and we live in the middle of nowhere. Um, but fortunately, the rehab hospital just, they trained us very, very well. And then um, we have some local people in our community that we've known forever that do have a medical background that stepped up and helped, um, you know, answer questions that we had and stuff like that. And 
you know, we learned you can, you can YouTube and Google a lot of things. So how do you change a trade? Type it into YouTube. Boom. We, we got it. And you know, the things that terrified us three years ago, we do now is just like, Oh, whatever. We just have to do it. So um, ho- hopefully that answers your questions and that's a long tirade, but there's a lot to cover. Yes, so uh, if you, if you have questions, I'm happy to answer uh, anything else that you have, but I think that that's, that's the highlights of it all. We want to thank Gary Bontrager consulting for being a sponsor on the mindset growth podcast. There's a variety of services they offer. They have human resources for one. They have a sales program. They also work with the financials, whether you need to help set up your QuickBooks or go with a high level person that can help you do benchmarking, budgeting, and the likewise. They also do a lot of leadership training, whether you are the business owner, manager, or are just leaders in departments. They can tailor those packages for you. Reach out to them for a free consult and they will see what your needs are and offer different opportunities for you to put in motion to take your business to the next level. They have been successful over the past few years in helping organizations not only grow, but grow as much as two, three, and 400% in a 12 month period. Certainly they understand it takes a strong foundation and there are years where there may be no growth leading up to this as they put the right pieces in place. Reach out to them at www.garybontrager.com. You can reach out to them on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter and get the free advice that they offer And that may be just what you need to set you on a different path to lead you forward and be successful in your business and your life. We appreciate them supporting us. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. And that's exactly, I guess, the story I wanted to hear. I know we have a lot of, in fact, even on this podcast, we have a phone number so that Amish people can call in and listen to it. So we actually have a following there. So a lot of the Conklin people listen to it. Um, I, I guess I don't want to put you in any position you don't want to be, but I know people care about you and what you've yeah. gone through. And of course your family, cause your dad has meant so much to so many. And so I guess I really appreciate you just sharing the timeline and what happened because it really sets the stage for some of the questions we're going to ask, you know, next, but it's incredible to me to see how you as a family have pulled together, but then even the attitudes and the things that have just progressively come out of there. And even to see how you work and what you do today is, is tremendous. I just applaud you for all of that. Uh, With that, uh, what are some of the, I, I mean, outside, I know you run social media, I believe for your, for successful farming, your dad's, uh, uh, where he does all his TikToks and videos and all those types of things. Uh, but let me ask you, what motivates you? And a lot of it's just in the name of our podcast, you know, because there's sometimes a shift of how we think to accomplish something different. What motivates you every day to get up and work hard, even to come on to a show like this, share with the world what it is that you experienced? And I know you mentioned you love to work, but there are many people that could just say, okay, this is, you know, this is now my new life and they're going to try to do maybe, you know, disability and other things. And they just kind of give up on it, but that is not your, has not been how you've handled it. Yeah. I mean, um, I'm sure that, you know, Warren Udzi. Yes. And one, one time he asked, you know, like, how, how do you stay so positive? And first and foremost, you know, I'm going to be real with you. Not every day is perfect. Not right. every moment, you know, sometimes, you know, and there are moments that are the worst, you know, like, so I, I'm not positive every minute of every day, but the thing that, you know, I told him and I've told other people before is just, do we hope and do we believe and do we pray for, you know, a miracle with complete restoration? Absolutely. Do I believe that it's possible? 100%. Do I know that it's going to happen? No. And so I kind of look at it as the standpoint of, you know, maybe this all, maybe this all works out and this was just a blimp in the road and 
um, you know, things get back to normal. But if that doesn't happen, and if I do happen to be in a wheelchair for the rest of my life, I don't want to be miserable every day. You know, like right. this is a rough enough situation on its own that being miserable only makes that worse. And so I have to do everything in my power to make things as good as they possibly can be. And there's a million, you know, I, I'm a little bit of a control freak. I like things done, but you know, my way and uh, you know, I'm a perfectionist. So I want it done to the best, you know, the best of my ability. But so, you know, there's a million things in this that I can't control. And I wish that that was different. But the one thing that I can't control is my attitude and my, my mindset. And, you know, if you, if you want to change, change your life, change your, change the way you think and change, you know, what, what you can. And so that's just kind of how, how I look at it. And, um, you know, I get fulfillment from working and from helping others. And so I'm going to do what I can, where I can, you know, where, where I'm at to make things as good as possible. That is such a, a great point. Control the things that you can. And that in itself was a huge lesson, I, I think, that you learned through all of this. But can you share with us some of, you know, the biggest lessons that you have learned going through what you've been through? Yeah, I mean, I think probably the big, I, I mean, I've just, being interviewed like this is tough for me in general because I'm the, a person that I ask people questions. Like if I, if someone is, you know, if I'm sitting down with someone, by the end of the conversation, my goal is to know everything I can about them and for them, you know, to not necessarily know a lot about me, not because I'm, you know, not because I don't want people to know me, but just because I want people to feel like they were heard. And um, yeah, I don't remember the stat on it, but there's like a, there's a statistic that talks about like people who feel like other people listen to them are viewed more favorably. And so in the hot, and I don't know if you guys are familiar with Danny Johnson or not, but yes. years ago, um, I was introduced to her through Conklin and she has what she calls like the form method and it's F O R M. And so, um, you find out like what they do for, you know, like what they do for fun, what their family is about. And then you find out, you know, like what they do for work. And then you find out what they do for recreation. And then you put your message at the end of it. And a lot of times I just do four and not form. And so when I was in the hospital, um, I learned very quickly that the nurses that I got to know and that I made a connection with, they would go above and beyond. You know, if I needed something, they got it for me. They got it for me quickly. You know, if there was a doctor that was supposed to do something that didn't, if something fell through the cracks, if I just said like, hey, like blah, 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 this is supposed to happen. They would run through a brick wall to get it done for me. And um, there, there's one nurse in particular, particular that when I was in ICU, overall, I was doing very well the, on, the, the first time around before things went bad. And the, the only reason that I was really in ICU still was because sometimes my heart rate would just go up to like 140 out of nowhere. And so they were very concerned. Like I would feel fine. I wasn't having problems, just my heart rate was through the roof. And so they were very concerned about that. And so every 12 hours, you're getting a new nurse in ICU. And so they were doing their shift change and um, they were doing like one nurse was kind of reading report to the other nurse. And there was a doctor in there and um, the new nurse coming on. She I had not had her yet. And she was like, I don't even know why she's here. She should be on the floor. And it was very apparent. She didn't like she didn't think I should be there. She didn't want to take care of me. She had crap to do and I was in her way sort of a thing. And she left and um, I think it was my mom that was there. And I, I was like, you know, I'm like, mom, she's going to try and get me sent to the floor. I don't want to go to the floor. Like, you know what, you know, what are we going to do? And mom's like, well, you, you make friends with her and you win her over just like we have all, you know, all the way along. And um, that nurse, she was, I ended up having her after things went wrong the second time. Um, there she switched shifts with multiple other people so that she could stay in. she was an incredible nurse so that she could take care of me um to this day we're friends on facebook she messages us like we're very close um still and so it just you know with doctors and nurses all along the way at every hospital we were at 
I just figured out if you find, you know, you find out more about them and they'll, they'll take care of you. And I think that that just relates to so, so much in business and in life that if, if you're the type of person that you're more interested in others than you are in yourself, that in the end, it, it pays pretty big rewards for you as well. Well, people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. And that is just huge. It's, uh, you know, I can relate to that piece of trying to learn more about the other person. So I can understand how vulnerable it must feel to sit here and talk about all of this. And I'm sure you get tired of telling the same story over and over. Um, but it's also very inspiring. Um, you know, I know you do a lot of, of like at this point, you're doing a lot of the social media and some things like that for uh, a better way to farm. And uh, what is that something that you had done before this or was it because of this that you kind of had decided that I've got to educate myself and learn how to do all the social media? Has it shifted? Yeah, no, what I, you work, you know, I how was doing that before. Okay. Yeah. So um, in the summer of uh 2013 um my dad and i were on a trip and um i found out that he had made a facebook page for our business which is just really funny because my dad is like technology so social media that's not his thing and so i found out that he had made that and i was in college i just finished my freshman year and i was getting a business administration degree with an emphasis in marketing and i'm like well i'm going to school for this maybe i should try it and now like it's an obvious like yeah of course you should have a facebook page and be on social media i think everybody knows that every business should be online but that was a very different time and it was like i don't know do farmers care like would farmers what you know watch a video would they were like because in my opinion i'm like thinking nigerian prince scheme like no farmer is going to think that they should give us money because they saw us on the internet right and but i'm like well like i'm getting into gray in this like why not? We'll see, you know, we'll see what we can do. And so I kind of like dinked with it while I was in college. And then after I graduated in 2015, I'm like, okay, there's definitely something to this. Like it, there's not really a question anymore of if you should be on social media, it's, you know, what, what you're doing. Right. And so I'm like, okay, like I, but I don't, I just didn't, I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't know how to go from like posting funny memes to actually getting people to reach out to you and, you know, want, want to hire you and want to work with you. So I hired a coach um, and that, I mean, I think that dad, dad and I split it. And I think, I don't remember if we both paid $3,000 or if it was $3,000 total, um, but that has paid us back tenfold. Um, I'm so thankful that we did that. So she, um, she taught us, I mean, taught me and dad both, we both worked with her, um, kind of how, how to do it, how to, how to work. And um, that was right about the time that live videos started rolling out. And yes. so um, she's like, you gotta, you gotta do videos. And at that time, you know, I was a 21 year old and, you know, kind of stubborn and my personality was um, I'll show you sort of a thing. Right. And I didn't, I'm like, there's no farmer is going to watch some guy on the internet, give them advice on how to farm but we'd given her the money and I'm like, whatever, like if she said to do it, I'm going to do it, but I don't think this is going to work. And um, I've never been more wrong in my life. And we, I mean, we were getting like, like I said, it was a very different time in Facebook and you could, you could do a lot of things and get a lot of interaction that you could do for free. And we were getting thousands of views for free. Right. And um, on top of that, the thing that was just the craziest was people would call us and they would just be like, man, like, I feel like I know you like, right. And, you know, we didn't know anything about them, which was very weird for us. Cause like I said, we want to know more about other people than they know about us, but just watching our videos, you know, people saw who we were and what we were like and what the inside of our house looked like. And, you know, what we did as a family, cause just naturally, if you're doing, you know, at that time we were doing three to six videos a week um with facebook lives so they were longer videos so you're just naturally talking about like oh i went to my grandson's t-ball game and oh we went mushroom hunting as a family and oh you know like you just talk about what you're right. doing naturally and we were just you know people were just coming to us and 
Um, and I think the other benefit of that was we were attracting people like us. And so now our retention rate with clients, I, I mean, I don't know what it is. We should probably be better on the number side of things. But honestly, I would probably guess 75% of people come back year after year, maybe even higher than that, because people know who we are. And so we really don't, I mean, from time to time, we kind of attract people like we might get somebody that isn't really a fit. And so, you know, they, they don't come back, but you know, a lot of the people that we work with, you know, like there's a family that we work with out in um, Nebraska that we met them probably seven years ago, but like I invited them to, you know, when Nick and I got married and they came, you know, it was like an eight hour drive and they came to come to our wedding and that, you know, that's not because of their clients. That's because they're friends. And so we've just got to meet a lot of really awesome people that we would have never met had it not been for social media. Well, it's interesting because I've hired somebody to do my social media. So that's one reason you probably now see me out there or doing anything because I would rather have a private life uh, compared to what I do. And it's interesting also, I will recommend people to go watch Successful Farming and see your, watch your dad's videos and the things that you guys shoot and record because it'll I, clearly he's explaining this stuff so often that it's he can do it much better than I can. But it's interesting. Uh, then when I talk to some folks, they're like, oh, I've been following him on TikTok for a year already. I'm like, he goes, you know him? And I'm like, yeah, I just live south of me like like an hour. <laughs> you know, so it's just interesting how all those connections get made and how social media works. I will agree with you. I don't, uh, I, I'm probably resistant on it. And they keep prying me into more and more of those things. So I knew though it makes a difference. And people do enjoy seeing what our lives are like. Uh, one thing, uh, Jen, the lady that does mine, she's just said a lot of people are focused on like the smaller markets. You know, we can look at the big names that are global and what have you that do a lot of the big, uh, oh, even just, you know, larger speakers and things like that. But people like, your family and smaller families like this are relatable. Yeah. It's, it makes more sense, you know, and I think it resonates and it's kind of the hot thing right now that they try to find people. And you just mentioned it, people that are like you because they see your activities so they can relate to that. So. Yeah. Maybe learn something too. Um, okay. Right. This is what's working for them and, and I'm struggling in this area. So maybe we can try, try what they're doing down the road. I think the biggest thing is just we try and be as relatable as possible. And I know that like some people, when I don't, you know, one area where I, it, it's still a little bit of like, I don't know how to handle it. It's like some people reach out and then, you know, we call them back, you know, like if they, if they shoot us an email or what, you know, whatever, we get a hold of them. And uh, like, there's some people that are just like, oh, I can't believe you called. And it's like, yeah, like we have a business, like we're going to call, of course, we're going to call you back <laughs> right. sort, sort of a thing. Um, or like some people, like one time, um, my dad was down in Memphis, we got a piece of equipment down there. And he was taking like, we, I think he went to pick it up. And he was like at, at Casey's or something. And my dad's license plate is better way. And um, so somebody like came running across the parking lot. And they're like, Oh, my gosh, you're the guy like, I can't believe you're here. And it's like, yeah, we're just picking up our mower, like, you know, what, whatever. And so just trying to be as relatable as possible, because I think that sometimes there is a little bit of a barrier. And so just continually like sharing about us and just being like, yeah, like we're just regular people, like, you know, they, they go through the same stuff, but um, we were pretty open through everything that was happening with me. Like um, after my second surgery, when things went wrong and after the um, the trach went in, I was on a ventilator. And at that time, um, just the way that it was set up, I wasn't able to speak. And so I went from like, I don't know, mid December through mid February, like not really talking at all. And so I was mouthing everything. Um, and I was literally like, still like when that was all happening, I was like saying, you know, like, did you do a video today? Like we got to keep, like, we can't, we can't keep going because just 
I mean, my mind was still working fine. I just couldn't talk. And so I was still trying to communicate these ideas and all these things. And so, you know, like I was giving my dad ideas of like, okay, like this would be a good video. This would be a good video. And there's been a lot of people that have reached out um, even through that and just to be like, man, like, I can't believe how you went through that and how, you know, all that stuff. And so I think just it's, you know, when the ugliest moments of our lives happen, it's easy to back back into a corner and just be like, hey, you know, like, I, I'm not going to let anybody in. I don't want people to know about this. But I think when you share in those moments is when people really get to know you and they rally behind you. And, you know, when you show that things, you know, things are for you are just like everybody, you know, everybody goes through the same stuff, that that's really when you form connections with people and, you know, form a bond that they can, they can relate to. Did, didn't that probably give you some purpose though, too, as you're going through that experience, uh, you know, to try to still keep your mind on work somewhat and kept you. Yeah. I, I would have yeah, to. No, I, absolutely. And um, so when I was in the hospital, somebody was with me 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And so, because obviously one person can't do that. I mean, you'd have to be bionic. And so, um, you know, my mom had her, her shift and my mom came in at five because that's when the neurosurgeons would ground. So my mom would be there from like, I don't know, it would depend on the doctors in the day. My mom had the weirdest, the the weird shift. But so my mom was there like roughly like 5 a.m. to maybe like four in the afternoon. And then um, my aunt would either my aunt or my mom or my dad um, would come and they would be there and they would be there from like, I don't, it would just depend like maybe, you know, like whenever my mom left to like seven or eight and then my sister would come um, from, if she was, she was a junior in high school at the time. So if she wasn't in school, um, she would be there like eight to like maybe midnight. And then my husband, Nick would come and he would be there like midnight to five roughly. And so when my sister would come, I would literally be mouthing her like, did you run an ad? Did you post an ad? And then we were getting these leads in. And so then we were giving them out to our team. And so she would like read off the leads that we got and she, you know, be like, okay, who do I send this one to? Who do I send this one to? And, you know, I would be mouthing like, okay, send, send this one to Corey, send this one to Preston, send this one, you know, whatever. And, but I think that was like the one thing that I did still somewhat have control over. And it was something that I could, you know, you got to think about things that don't drive you insane and that you can still can control. And so for me, it was just like, okay, this is the one thing that I can do. And I'm going to act like this is still normal. And even though I can't talk, we're going to just keep, keep on trucking. So yeah, absolutely. So I know you're passionate about agriculture and I have to believe that didn't change, but obviously the way you can interact with, with that does, but yeah. Um, what I mean, your involvement at this point is primarily from the marketing side. Uh, is that was that a fair es estimation? I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, like before this, if we worked cows, I was you know out out there doing doing the bit, and obviously that doesn't work anymore. So um, we've off roaded a few times in in the van, and then um, just kind of unloaded the chair where where I can still just kind of even see the cows. Um, but yeah, it's, it's obviously very different and, you know, I'd be lying if I said that that wasn't hard, but it is what it is sort of a thing. So, um, my husband takes lots of pictures and lots, lots of videos and, um, you know, is always sending me stuff and, you know, from like a planning side of things, you know, when, when we're going to sell calves, when we're going to work calves, so, you know, stuff like that, I still help, um, on that, you know side of things where I can, but yeah, it's, it obviously looks different than what it used to. What was it that you went to college for? Yeah, I have a business administration degree with an emphasis in marketing um, from Culver Stockton College in Canton, Missouri. So that's about an hour south of here. Okay. And your husband still farms? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So we, we have our own cows and then um, my dad and my sister both have cows too. They're all, they're all together. Um, and so my husband does a lot of the day to day, like, um, you know, in the winter feeding hay, right. In the summer throwing grain. Um, today we actually, 
um, sent, sent. So we have fall calves and spring yep. cows that so we calve twice a year. Um, and today we sold or we loaded the fall calvers and sent them to Bloomfield um, to to sell. So they'll sell tomorrow. So hopefully tomorrow's a good a good day for that. So yeah, like my husband um, this morning once we got stuff done with me, he went out and we had a couple that like needed tags put in before they yeah. left and um he he did that and then loaded them up and put them on the truck and stuff so yeah i mean his life has been affected a lot because like he went used to go to a lot of pro ags and stuff and just um right you know right now that doesn't work for us we we need him to be here to help take care of me so um but nick, nick is a rock star and yeah I, I i don't know how he does what he does because if the roles were reversed I would not be as good at, um, you know, what, what he does is what he is, but he does a great job of, you know, handling both the business and the farm and then stuff with me. So, um, I, I'd be lost without him. Well, I know his father-in-law thinks very highly of him. So I've heard, <laughs> Absolutely. That, heard that more than once. Uh, I guess maybe to wrap it up a little bit, uh, what is some advice you would give to people going through difficult times? Yeah, I mean, I think just it's it's easy to have. I mean, I think everybody has a little bit of an inner critic, negative self-talk. It's just what you do with it. And if you, you know, everybody has it, it's whether or not you choose to listen to it. And so, um, you know, for me, it's very easy to be like, oh, like, this is the worst. Is it going to be like this forever? What's going to happen? You know, yada, yada. You, it, it's pretty easy to spiral out of control these days. I'm not going to lie. And so for me, um, you know, I do everything I can to feed positivity. Um, you know, so I watch very little TV. I really don't, you know, do a lot with the news. I just, all, all that is negative in my opinion. And so, you know, I'm listening to podcasts and audiobooks and, um, you know, webinars and, stuff like that you know like there you know even to this day there's someone with me all the time so right now there's a friend here with me that um she comes twice a week to help and do stuff and usually at least one of the days that she's here you know i'm like hey can you set the computer up i have a webinar or, hey can you do this i'm doing that and so just putting as much positivity in so that when you know something happens and you get knocked down you have the kind of that bank filled up of like, oh, okay, you know, change change your thoughts, change your life or, you right. know, whatever those little things are that you can hold on yes. to. Um, you know, like the, I love the Ed Milet podcast. Tuesdays yes. are my favorite day of the week because his podcast is my favorite. And so that's something that I literally always look forward to. Like last night, I was literally, you know, just like, oh yeah, tomorrow's Tuesday. Like, I wonder who's the guest is going to be on the podcast. And so it's just coming up with things, um, you know, that you can hold on to that remind you that it's going to be okay sort right. of a thing. Well, it's yeah. very interesting. We're not, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a lot of people in this world and we're never alone if we really allow people to interject in their lives into ours and to give back. And I just want to thank you so much for joining us. This is so inspiring. I know, like you said, you've, like to help others and ask or ask others questions and learn more about them. Uh, but I, I can promise you this does inspire other people. There, there are just times that you have the tools and the family and the support around you. Not everyone has that. And for you to just oh, yeah. share how you overcome the daily battles, maybe the hourly battles is still helpful to those folks to realize that, you know, positivity does make a huge, huge difference. Uh, I'm a huge proponent of that. I'm a very different person than I was 30 years ago. And it's just because it it's where I chose to focus my attention. And when you focus on positivity, uh, you know, opposite of the negative things, it's just life-changing. And, you know, I'm proof of that. So, uh, I thank you so much for coming on here. I know there's going to be tons of Conklin people that will listen to this as well as all of our other regular listeners. So I appreciate you joining us. 
if you like this episode, you can find us out on our YouTube channel, Spotify, also on our social media. Follow us on Facebook. Uh, hit the subscribe button. If you have any guests that you would like to see on our show, please uh, message us and let us know. Or if you have questions, we'll do a Q&A as well. We thank you for joining us on Mindset Growth Podcast. Mindset Growth Podcast.